0: Thanks for listening to this OCRFM podcast. Head to ocrfm.org.au to find more great content and information about how to donate and support this community radio station. OCRFM wish to advise the following program may contain information and subjects that could be deemed controversial in nature. The aim of the show is to provide an opportunity for listeners to discuss issues in a non-confrontational, fact-based manner. Should you wish to join the conversation, please feel free to phone the station on 321 991. I wish to begin by acknowledging the Wadawurrung people of the Kulin Nations, the traditional owners of the land on which I am recording today's episode. We pay our respects to their ancestors and elders, past, present and emerging we recognise and respect their unique cultural heritage, beliefs and relationship to their traditional lands, which continue to be important to them today and into the future. You're listening to From Paddocks to Pride on OCRFM with myself, Sarah. This segment aims to help provide a voice for the LGBTIQ community, or as I like to call it, the umbrella. Our aim is to ensure the community is supported and to reinforce that you should feel accepted as you are in the town you grew up in. Well, my views are not representative of the whole community. Extensive research has been done to aim to be inclusive to everybody and spread awareness and progress people's viewpoints. News in our community. So for this week's news in our community, I just want to talk a little bit about something exciting that happened on Friday night. So I, Sarah, was actually interviewed for Lance TV Ballarat. So Lance de Boyle and Gabriella Labucci uh, interviewed me about the radio show From Addicts to Pride that you obviously know about because you're tuned in and they asked me questions about my personal life and stuff like that and it's pretty cool and I really enjoyed it but if you look up Lance TV Ballarat on Facebook you'll be able to Find the interview and have a little bit of a listen. And a little bit of a segue, I guess, one of the viewers actually asked a question about my thoughts on transgender inclusion and gender diverse inclusion in sport because I actually play football. And I went a little bit a roundabout way. So I said that we definitely, it's something that I've wanted to discuss on the show, it is something that I want to have a roundtable discussion about, because it's all well for me to say, yes, I think that we should support trans people in sport, but then what happens is those that oppose it, as soon as they sometimes hear that, they just zone out, they get very defensive, and they're not going to listen to why, the whys, and... It is a really, there's views for and against. And the thing is that I know a lot of people that are against it. I don't know. This is my personal opinion, I should point out. But when I play football, for instance, there are always women that are going to be taller than me. There are always women that are going to have broader shoulders than me. There's always women that are going to be stronger than me. And people try and bring in those sorts of reasons against trans inclusion. I know one of the first things that I was taught when I started football was how to safe tackle. Because at the end of the day, you want to make sure you don't hurt the other person because you could end up injuring yourself. So that's another thing is that people forget oh, but you're going to get injured and stuff like that, but there are safe ways to try and prevent it. Yes, injuries might happen, but I don't think that that should be used as a reason to say, no, they shouldn't be included. And rather than let's have a roundtable discussion about it, people get really, I don't know. It's really interesting because I'm talking as someone that does play sport and I personally, I can understand some of the concerns, but at the same time, I don't know, maybe it's just because of where I come from that I come from a point of, well, I know what it's like to try and fit in with society's standards of what we want and everything and trying to hide who you are um, just to appease people and it's not healthy And I'm sure that there's a lot of people that are transgender that want to just play sport and just do things that they love and they can't because they're just told no. And it's such a shame. And I think it's really I should talk about. So the Star Observer actually did a little bit of an article. So because Australian sports codes have sort of unveiled a national framework for inclusion. So this was actually released on... October the 3rd so it's a recent article and I highly suggest that you check it out because they are looking at providing guidance to make sure that sport is more open and inclusive for all athletes especially those that are trans and gender diverse to make sure that everyone's included and not missing out and one issue that I have with when some of these debates come up is people forget that intersex people exist there are people that don't have this defined like what we classify as male and female and there's these blurred lines and it's like what about including them like are you just going to say no well your testosterone levels are too high you can't play with the women even though on the outside everything it's just a hormone level that's different and we saw that with Casta Semenya who actually has an intersex variation and they didn't actually know that until they did drug testing to make sure she wasn't tasting taking any illicit substances and that's the thing is that sometimes people don't know and may never know I think yeah we we need to have a talk about it we can't just be very hard and fast, and no, no, they can't be included because at the end of the day, these are people like you've got to remember when the same sex debate and stuff went on with marriages that there were a lot of people that just said no and just didn't want to listen to the reasons why. And I personally, I feel like that that's what's sort of happening is people are, yeah, not listening. So it's good news that we're moving forward, but I think, yeah, we need to help people understand the reasons why. May I have your attention, please? May I have your attention, please? I am so glad to be bringing you the new episodes to finish off our Series 1 Redo which is also known as sexuality and gender, we're defining it. So we're going through the acronym and helping everyone sort of have a little bit of a better understanding of what all the letters stand for, and also getting to meet some people in our beautiful rainbow community, which has been heaps of fun. So for tonight's episode, so we've got the letter T which stands for transgender. Now we sometimes use the term trans and gender diverse because it is an umbrella term, so it's more inclusive when we include gender diverse as well because there is a lot in there to unpack. So we're lucky enough to have Jay on tonight. Hi. (laughs) So their pronouns are he and him, and they also identify as bisexual now, for some people, labelling is really important. So how do you label yourself in terms of gender?
1: Yeah, definitely. So I, I identify as a trans man, mm-hmm. uh, so that's kind of – I'm very binary in that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, definitely it has – is kind of like a journey that you go through as well. So I feel like as I've kind of got – like you know, transitioned um, in different ways. I've gotten more comfortable with my feminine side as well. Yeah, so I consider myself as a trans man, but I'm also slightly feminine in the way that I present sometimes too.
0: Yeah, of course, because there is this um, misconception that trans men have to be completely masculine, and that is toxic, to be honest, Um, with trans... Yeah, so everyone's got their own sort of way of expressing themselves and I feel like it shouldn't be something that's so restrictive in that. So men can yeah. wear dresses too.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I think um I think a lot of people when they start transitioning as well um or at least for me it was very much like I had to be very masculine, you know, and all these things to kind of prove Who I was,
0: Mm, Um, yeah.
1: But like, you know, I've been uh, transitioning or out for like about five years, and as I've just gotten more comfortable with myself, I feel like I can kind of play with gender stuff now. Mm. It's like not as um, I don't have to be as serious about it.
0: Yeah, that's really good. Especially like, yeah, dresses, makeup, those sort of things are stereotypically seen as more feminine things, it's like, some guys look really good with eyeliner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Everyone should be able to experience that. Yeah. So it's really important that we actually define what trans and gender diverse means. So it's an umbrella term used to describe those whose gender identity or expression is different from what was assigned at birth or is expected of them by society i think that wording is really important that whole expected of them by society because there's all these things that are like societal norms (laughs) and yeah yeah Yeah, definitely
1: it's it's very i think um when you're raised uh like you know a specific gender and it if it doesn't really fit you it's really difficult to kind of speak out about it as well you don't really know what the opposite of that is or why you're having those feelings as well
0: yeah of course in terms of those definitions and everything there's also an important one that I want to bring up uh cisgender if you've seen that um sorry I'm talking to the listeners you've obviously seen that Jay um (laughs) yeah but a lot of people think that the, it's a new term. It's actually not. <laughs> it's quite old. It's derived from Latin and the whole cis terminology. And it's a great term, I think, because unfortunately sometimes people use the – they'll say normal instead of saying cis. So the whole idea of using the terminology cis is to avoid saying – oh I'm what I was born as or I'm normal because, let's face it, what is normal anyway? So there's other terms that people use as well. So assigned female at birth, so AFAB, and there's AMAB, which is assigned male at birth. So it's to avoid these terminology of like that makes people uncomfortable because sometimes people also don't like – using the terminology trans, like that is a personal thing. Have you come across that at all, Jay?
1: Yeah, so some people don't use um, the term- terminology of being transgender, especially like, I think it's more around people who are non-binary. They might, might not identify specifically with being transgender um, because being transgender is like kind of, I guess, traditionally like this very binary thing. Mm, Um, But a lot of non-binary people do identify as transgender as well Um, and they're definitely welcome in the community as well, Um, even if they're not doing any kind of medical steps to transition. um, It is something that's quite common as well.
0: Yeah, and that's something that we talk about quite a lot is that labels are a personal thing, very much so. And some people like using them, some people don't, and it's really it's a personal thing and you can't tell someone, "Oh, I don't think you fit into that category. (laughs) That's that's really harsh.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think within our community, um, you know, we do try and make it as open as possible so that anyone who, like, you know, even if you're just, like, exploring, like, your gender identity, Mm. you know, you're welcome in those spaces to kind of explore and there's no pressure to you know be one certain way or to identify a specific way and you know that's not the aim of um, you know the communities that I'm involved in as well.
0: Yeah and there's some really good terminology that sometimes people use when they're not sure when they fit in so I've seen it used quite a lot more which is really good is terms like genderqueer And stuff like that. And we talked a lot about non binary and gender gender fluid in our first episode with Malibu. Malibu's an amazing person and was able to give us some insight into that aspect. And it was really quite cool. And talking about how there's not just terminology such as they, they're, them when it comes to pronouns. There's a whole heap of different ones that people choose to use as well.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think um, as we go on, you know, our our language is just going to, you know, get better and better. I think even, you know, we, we use the word trans mask
0: mm. in
1: a lot of the groups I'm involved in because it's not, people don't necessarily identify just as, you know, just as trans men and you know, if, or if they're just exploring, they just want to see kind of the masculine side of it and, you know, see if they do want to transition in any way.
0: Yeah, because transitioning can involve various things. Like, it isn't sort of like a straight and easy process. Like, it is usually a process... So it is, sorry, a process that transgender people undergo to, in order to live their lives more fully as themselves. It doesn't necessarily have an end point, but it can include various things. So like it could involve surgical procedures and hormone therapy. There's so many aspects to it and it is such a personal thing. So it is really important to remember it is pretty – it's a bit rude to ask, (laughs) that sort of thing, because it is is personal. It's like you wouldn't – I'm just trying to think of – yeah, you wouldn't ask to see what's in someone's pants, sort of thing. So yeah, it's yeah. yeah.
1: I think um, I find it funny, like a lot of the people, because I'm very open about um, talking about stuff. So people are always ask they they get really shy about, it, but they want to ask the question. Mm. And you know, I, I'm like I'm happy with talking about stuff. So I'm generally like you know, don't ask other trans people these <laughs> things, like, unless you know them very well, but, mm. you know, I, I can chat with you about it, you know, but yeah, it, it can be quite, like, it is, it is rude to kind of ask, mm. well, like, how did you begin your life or, like, you know, what you were born as, mm. whereas, um, yeah, I feel like I'm, I'm a very open person, like, I'm kind of very good at dealing with people in that way, because mm. um, it has been, so long since I started transitioning mm. so I feel like I'm kind of used to it so when you know when people have questions I kind of think you know I prefer them to be asking me than someone who's just starting transitioning uh-huh. having to educate people
0: Yeah, and yeah.
1: I think it is something that people do you know they have questions about mm-hmm. um which is fair but yeah I think asking the only trans person you know you know it's not always appropriate mm. um It is like up to people to go and educate themselves and, you know, learn more about the community and learn more about, you know, what their friends or family members might be going through.
0: Mm. And it could be hard as well because you never know whether someone wants to get surgery but can't because it's not a cheap thing to do. So yeah. they could be having issues surrounding that as well and that could be creating a lot of discomfort. They might be having experiencing dysphoria, so they're feeling their emotional and psychological identity is opposite to how they were born and their parts might be causing them a lot of issues and discomfort. So bringing that up could actually bring up a whole heap of emotions. So not not even just the yeah. So you have to be mindful of that, how that question is going to affect someone because sometimes people don't realize what it's like. Yeah,
1: and I think um, there is a lot of information out there now. You know, when I was starting to transition in. 2015 uh, when I was just like kind of exploring my gender there wasn't you know there there was like a, a little bit out there but there wasn't as much you know whereas like now we have so many so much representation and so many people who are willing to kind of talk about like in the community who are willing to talk and educate people and you know the information is out there and yet like people who do it in really respectful ways mm. um which I think is um, like a lot better, especially from, you know, when I first started transitioning.
0: Yeah, and I think it's good as well because with extra information coming out and everything, I'm coming across new terms as well that I'd never seen before, such as sister girl and brother boy. Have you heard of them?
1: Yeah. um, we. So I I grew up in Adelaide, Mm -hmm. um, so that's uh, where I kind of transitioned and we had like a few... Um, people from the Indigenous community who were identified as sister girls, Mm -hmm. which was like, yeah, it was really, I don't know, it was interesting to know that they've actually got their own terms.
0: Mm, Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I found that pretty. I find that really good. And hmm, I think we should probably talk a little bit more about your journey, actually. So you've glazed over a little bit, but do you want to talk about it a little bit more?
1: Yeah, definitely. So I... I started kind of questioning my gender. I think I would have been around 21 or 22. Uh, Like, I I grew up in Adelaide, so uh, that's, yeah, that's where um, I started kind of transitioning. But I I didn't really know. uh, It's a hard thing to explain um, dysphoria because it it is just, like, this really intense kind of feeling. So I always kind of felt something was was kind of off or something or wrong, Mm -hmm. Um, but I never really could kind of pinpoint what it was um and then I I started seeing uh one of my friends um so she's a trans woman she started transitioning and I kind of followed her journey and I was like oh like that's really cool you know she's becoming who you know who she always was and I was like oh that's really awesome and then I was really struggling for a while like I was I was having really bad anxiety I I was studying but it it wasn't a great year (laughs) and I then kind of started looking up I was like I think one day I just realized like wait isn't it possible is it possible to kind of transition the other way and I just remember kind of watching YouTube videos and reading articles and just I was like it was like that feeling I can't explain I still can remember the feeling it was like I finally knew what was wrong.
0: It clicked. Sort yeah, of saying, yeah
1: and and like At first, it was really scary and I was like, I was so, it it was very difficult to kind of come to terms with because I was like, oh no, like this is really, this is going to be really difficult for me. But, you know, I was lucky to have like, uh, like really good friends around me. My friend who I lived with, she... She was just amazing. She was like, "If you want me to use a different name, different pronouns, just let me know." And I really like had the time, you know, in like the first couple months of kind of coming out of, of well, like, exploring my agenda to like kind of explore who like who I felt like and you know what I wanted to be um, and what my values were around it. Um, and that was just really like a a really good time having being having that space to kind of you know explore everything before i came out to everyone and you know coming out itself was a lot harder but you know it it's always it's always going to be difficult because not everyone knows about transgender people
0: mm.
1: and people don't necessarily understand mm. and they don't understand why you need to change the main thing that i found was other trans people and being around other trans people especially during that, that first part, you know, of transitioning and coming out, that was um, the best thing for me, just to know that there were other people like me and we were all kind of in this together, even if our journeys weren't exactly the same. You know, we, we all were able to exist and continue and grow and, you know, be happy.
0: Yeah, and I think it is important for listeners to know that if, you are considering your gender and you're questioning it there are support groups and everything but also I have friends that they've started to explore themselves and it's a case of it's okay that you don't come out to everyone like it is a sometimes it is a long process and it's okay if you say to your close friends look this is what I prefer to to be called but I'm not comfortable with everyone knowing
1: yeah 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 definitely and I think um I definitely had that for like the first three to four months um you know of my kind of exploring mm. process and I think even things like picking a name like that mm. was, that was something you don't want to make that decision in you know in a snap um judgment mm. um so it took it I think just taking that time was really important and you know not I didn't have to tell everyone about what was going on and that was really important for me and a lot lot of people don't you know they don't come out to everyone and it's Definitely, you don't have to. Yeah, I guess it just depends on on your situation as to, yeah, what what you choose to do.
0: Yeah, and yeah, it is a personal thing and it's all in your own time. Like, you shouldn't feel pressure to come out sooner than you have to. Like, there's no time limit on these things. It's whatever you're comfortable with and whatever's safe for you.
1: Yeah, exactly. I was very lucky that I was already living out of home. It was really difficult with my family for a while because they did live, uh, they lived in Melbourne. Mm. I, f- I feel like I'm very lucky. My family did, like, you know, they did try and kind of understand. And, you know, five years on now, they they still love me. You know, mm. they don't necessarily understand but they respect my decision and they know that I'm happy with it. And I think it is, it, for my family, it was just that kind of the waiting game, I guess. Um, mm. You know, they just had to adjust to who I am now. And I think seeing them seeing like how confident and happy I am now, they really can understand, you know, why I needed to do it mm. and how it was holding me back.
0: So seeing as we've talked about your journey, would you be able to talk about perhaps some resources you found useful or how to seek help?
1: Yeah, definitely. So um, a lot of the resources that I kind of found um, personally were through the trans community, you know, within Ast- South Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was very, like, it is very difficult to kind of find Um, specific places um, like especially if you're kind of in a regional area it might be more difficult Um, however I was really lucky in Adelaide um, they just started a group um, and it's now called Transmask SA Mm -hmm.
0: um,
1: and they really kind of supported well I was I was really kind of shy to go um, Mm. because I'm not like I'm not always the best at kind of um, branching out and making friends but the people there because everyone there was trans mask and it was just so supportive and they had so many resources, you know, how to navigate the healthcare system and, you know, how to kind of find the resources that you're looking for. Um, at that point I was waiting, I was wait, waiting on a list to get in to see a, psych- a psychologist who did gender, like who basically did gender kind of gender dysphoria and, um, diagnoses um which if you go through them then you can get hormones um however through that group I was able to access something a lot quicker um and just be able to kind of start my journey you know sooner than I thought I would so uh, it was within within about a year you know I was approved for hormones um, and my surgery whereas it would have been about two years if I'd waited for that first person, and it can be quite difficult um, because there aren't a lot of people who, or aren't a lot of medical professionals who do do a lot of it, but definitely there are people who are kind of collating those resources. So essay was a really good resource for me then, and I am part of a group in Victoria called The Shed. So we... It it is mainly a Facebook group, so anyone from Victoria can join. Um, You just have to make a request or be invited by someone. We have our website as well, and it's more just kind of a support, um, like everyone kind of supports each other. You know, people will post if they need a binder or, you know, if they're just having struggles, and, you know, because we have similar journeys, we can kind of help each other through it. Mm -hmm. You know, or people who have had top surgery they if they're giving away binders, you know, they'll post in the group as well. And I found that like just being around other people who have the same or similar stories to me mm. is like probably the, the best thing. Because even I mean, I guess out in out in the world you don't come across a lot of other trans people or even if you do you don't know if they're trans people yeah. don't Yep. introduce that the first yeah. thing yeah. um yeah so I think just having you know a voice of peers and people you can go to for support is kind of the best thing that helped me and so I'm trying to kind of give back to the community in that in that way as well
0: yeah I think it's really important because you did mention binders that we do talk about the fact that having groups like that means that you're able to find out information about safe ways to go about things. Because I know when I initially started doing this radio show and researching and trying to find out about things that I didn't know or didn't understand, it became really evident that there are unsafe ways to do things and binding is one of them. So for listeners that don't know so maybe it'd probably be best if you explained it, Jay.
1: Yeah, definitely. So um, a lot of people who are um, transmasculine or trans men, they do have a lot of dysphoria around their chest because that is like, I guess, kind of like the most obvious kind of sign of, you know, being born female. So when so there is something called binding. Now, it has obviously evolved to be a lot safer over the years. Mm. Um, so we do have something, basically binding is flat, wearing something tight so it flattens your chest area, so you have a more masculinized chest. People used to do it with bandages, which is not safe, whereas now we do have specific um, kind of articles of clothing called binders, which are for chest compression themselves, and they are... Yeah, I, I guess it's kind of like the first step to alleviating that chest dysphoria. And it is, uh, uh, as far as um, kind of everything goes, it is kind of like a good first step to kind of, yeah, alleviating, a, alleviating that dysphoria and giving yourself a more masculine body look. And most most people, yeah, I, w- I would say like a lot of people in the trans mass community do find
0: That's really quite cool because I like the idea of um, not chucking things out and reusing them or recycling them, finding a new life for them. So that's really quite cool that you're able to connect with other people that have gone through top surgery so they're able to pass it along to someone else that needs it for their journey.
1: Yeah, definitely. And especially as like surgeries and stuff, they can be quite um, accessible because of the cost, and you know you have to take time off, it's sometimes it's just it's very difficult for people to be able to access. Mm. so if like I mean, for example, for me, you know when I had my top surgery, I had about four binders, and I was like, let's give them to someone that needs it. Mm. you know, and yeah, people are really generous in that way.
0: yeah, and that's the thing is because I know when we had Fionn to talk, about their story they talked about how some businesses do actually can give you time off for transitioning for surgeries or perhaps you've just started hormones but there are some businesses where unfortunately that doesn't happen. So we're not all privileged to be in a place of work that understands or is able to Recognize that you do need time off for those sorts of things in a part of your journey. Yeah,
1: yeah, definitely. I I I was working um, when I had my top surgery scheduled, and uh, I would say you don't have to tell your work or your management what or or like you know what your um, surgery that you are having or anything about it. Mm -hmm. Um, I I just said I was having surgery and it was something that was required and. You know, that was it.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I didn't need to say anything more. You know, oh, when I came definitely. back, obviously it was different. But, you know, they don't, no one asked and, you know, that was fine. They knew mm-hmm. I was trans anyway. So, mm-hmm. you know, everyone was quite professional. And I mm-hmm. think, um, yeah, like most places should be treating it quite professionally. It is mm-hmm. your pri- private kind of thing. You don't feel comfortable telling them. They they shouldn't be asking either. Mm-hmm
0: course now talking about I guess workplaces and sort of sort of a little bit off topic but in my head it sounded like it was a segue for some reason (laughs) do you have any um unexpected stories of acceptance so you've come out to someone and you weren't quite expecting acceptance oh I know why it made sense in my head because of workplaces I've worked at and I've come out and they were all accepting. I think that's why it made sense in my head.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, I don't have anything that's like that kind of like right off the bat. My friends, my friends were probably like the best kind of, um, I guess, like story that I have. Like my my closest friends. My um, like one of my one of my uncles and aunties. They they were really lovely and supportive, um, and also. Probably, probably the most kind of positive story I have is my Nana. Mm-hmm. She, she does. She doesn't really understand all of it, mm-hmm. um, you know. But she is so supportive, mm-hmm. and she's she's so loving and kind. And you know, sometimes she'll slip up on pronouns and stuff. And you know, people do tend to do that, as, even especially if they're older. Um, you know, they don't always adjust as quickly. But she's always so positive, and she's she just she's just like as long as you're happy, and you know. She's always just been there for me no matter what's happening. Mm. And I think that's, um, that's probably like the most supportive kind of unexpected story. So I, I kind of thought that she, it would take a lot longer to kind of come to terms with it, mm. but she was very, yeah, it was, it was probably like within a couple of months, she was like, yeah, okay, that's fine. Like, yeah. And she's, she's just, uh, you know, supported me since then and it's just so kind.
0: <laughs> that's really beautiful. Yeah. That's really good to hear. Yeah. Now, through your journey, did you happen to find any idols or role models that were trans or gender diverse?
1: Yeah, so um, most of my kind of role models were, um, like I said before, trans women um, who I was kind of following their journeys um, were kind of like who I was looking up to. But in terms of trans masculine people, it wasn't until I found Kind of that group in South Australia before I kind of found people who were uh, my role models so the organisers of that group um, definitely um, I kind of looked up to and they were really helpful for so many different things um, but I did grab some names of uh, some people that might be good to look up as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've got, got some suggestions from other people. Mm-hmm. Um, I have two people who I've read the biographies of. Mm-hmm. So one that's uh, Melbourne-based, so Nevo Zycin. So I believe they are non-binary, <clears throat> but they did um, transition you know, through hormones and top surgery as well. And Eddie Ayers, um as well as uh, ABC radio host, I believe they were a musician, and they wrote a really beautiful um, biography as well. And I've also got a couple other names. So Jameson Green is a US trans man who does represent the community. Um, And then there's other kind of YouTuber names. So I've got Ty Turner and Aidan Dowling as uh, kind of YouTubers who are kind of out as trans men and do make uh, that type of content.
0: Okay. What was that last one you said, sorry?
1: Uh, Aidan Dowling.
0: Aiden Dowling, I'm I'm making a note of these two.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Uh, those were suggestions um, from from the shed from the Mm -hmm. group.
0: Um,
1: Yeah, because I believe yeah, uh, it's hard for me because most of the people I look up to, you know, are people who I know personally, Mm -hmm. and yeah, who have trans, you know, who have basically changed the system. Even in Adelaide, they've Mm -hmm. actually worked to change the system to be a lot, you know, nicer for trans individuals. um, You know, who are coming up. You know, yeah, our our know, uh, generation and younger generations.
0: Yeah, so that visibility and representation, I think, is really important. So sprouting off some of those names is really quite good because I'll also yeah. look into them because I always like reading some nice books. I'm yeah. actually I'm actually reading a book at the moment called Gender Failure, which is by Ivan Coyote and Ray Spoon I'm reading the book so I should (laughs) remember (laughs) the authors a little bit better so I apologize for that I've been reading a lot since isolation and everything has begun but have you been doing the same or you're just an avid book reader all the time
1: See, I, I read – I get in, like, kind of stages where I read a lot. Um, but at the moment, I, during isolation, I haven't been able to read anything. I've just been playing Animal Crossing. So that's, like, pretty much my life at the moment.
0: That's yeah, all so good.
1: Yeah. But, yeah, definitely even reading about, like, other people's experience. I think, you know, even if I read those, like, books – I think I read um, these ones about in, like, about three years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and even like, you know, I, I'd already had top surgery and just started hormones and like even reading it, I was like, this is amazing. Like, and like we're crying and everything. Cause it, it's so, it's such a feeling that you don't, you always feel like a lot of the time I felt like I was really alone mm. until I really found, you know, community of people who were similar to me. Mm. So read, you know, reading someone else, explaining those feelings, you know, that you just can't put into words. You know, it, it's just amazing. And I think it is really good to kind of hear other people's experiences and see how it kind of relates to you, you know, especially when you're doing that kind of gender exploration as well.
0: Yeah, and especially because it is coming through, coming from people that have gone through it, because sometimes they find that representation in the media, like they, sometimes they try really hard and they have consultations and everything, but they don't quite get it right. Like, I know there was um, a bit of controversy with The L Word, um, how they got some things a bit wrong. But I guess it was early thousands when it came out. So, we've come a long way, even though it's not that long ago.
1: Yeah. I feel like people really, like, um, they are starting to listen mm. to, to communities' voices. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Instead of just kind of going, well, I think it should look this way, and that's probably what it's like.
0: Yeah, you know,
1: they're actually listening to people's experiences and trying to represent that. The L word was very, very wrong,
0: but yeah. I'm, sure,
1: I'm sure they've got enough. Um, uh, they've got enough uh, kind of criticism for that.
0: Well, yeah, if you've seen the new generation, they're actually the actors that play trans characters are actually trans. Which I, really I think is awesome yeah. because that's one of the things is that, yeah, it adds that extra element that they're able to actually, I'm guessing that they would actually talk with the screenwriters and say, oh, look, that's not quite right or look, how about we do this? Because they're actually being... Like it's a part of their story and their journey, they're actually able to provide some information to someone that doesn't actually know what it's like. So I think that that's really important.
1: Yeah, I think it's really yeah, it's really nice to kind of see that we are being listened to, Mm. and and we are being heard. um, You know, in in representation, and we are actually I I, I did see that there's a, a game. That's come out recently that mm. that the main character is a trans guy. Mm. so it's it's just really nice to kind of see it being kind of talked about mm. and having representation in media because you know, for me, I've basically just you know kind of gone like, oh, if that character was trans, that would be like make sense.
0: Mm. you
1: know so we kind of you know why like you know have to make our own storyline into a character who's represented as cis or cisgender. But I think it's really kind of important to have those characters, that representation coming out and, you know, showing that we are just normal people, you know, we're just living our lives, you know, it's not, um a, for me, you know, being transgender is a part of who I am, but it's not the entire part. Mm. And I think, um I think a lot of people kind of see it as, oh, wow, well, you're transgender, therefore, you know, that's. Your entire life and you're not a human you're just that but you know I think it's important to know that you have you are you know I am transgender but I'm also you know everything else that I do with my life you know it's not just I'm, I'm not just one faceted a one faceted person
0: yeah of course yeah. yeah it's a part of it's a part of your whole identity but it's not all of it so it's a little bit of it and it is important but it's not everything there's so yeah. many factors to who you are and what makes you who you are. Yeah? yeah, definitely. And I think I think that is really, you know, when
1: I first started transitioning, I, I definitely felt like I had to kind of be or, like, look a certain way, um, mm. you know. Whereas now I'm kind of like, you know, I'm transgender, that's fine, and I do all these other things and that's okay too.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like to, you said, um, that you're more comfortable and everything like we talked at the start is that society expects certain things it's like oh well you have to be completely masculine and it's like no maybe I want to wear a dress or maybe no I want to wear some eyeliner and that should be okay
1: yeah definitely I think gender there's a difference between um I guess gender identity and then mm. your gender representation as mm. well so um, I guess for example if you have like someone like a drag queen or a drag king they they might still you know identify as cisgender but they are representing as you know the other gender but whereas you know if someone who's trans like they're not just doing drag they, they are mm. that gender yeah and they are you know representing themselves in that way mm. you know we, we were talking yeah we've been talking about you know the terms trans masculine and you know a lot of the time once you've kind of gone through those first couple years um of transitioning and everything you do kind of learn to accept the feminine side of yourself again mm. as well
0: yeah.
1: um and you learn that it's not you know it's not bad mm. um, and definitely I think it it is kind of a sign of like that not that kind of expectation of masculinity Mm. that we all have to be one certain way but the reality is you know even you know cisgendered men everyone's different Mm. um so in trans men you're going to find everyone has a different you know representation of themselves as well
0: yeah of course So, we're up to the bit where we do a little bit of a trivia or perhaps a quiz. So, this one I actually sourced from My Pink News, and it looks like it's the UK site. So, the quiz is, from Stonewall to the silver screen, how much do you know about transgender history? Are you ready, Jay? I don't know, but... <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how we go. So earlier in two thousand nineteen, a gamer raised one hundred and sixty thousand for transgender charity Mermaids by non-stop gaming for an entire day. But what game did they play? Uh, it was Harry Bruce. What game? Mm. I'm trying to
1: think of any like. No, I, I'm not sure.
0: Yep. So he played Donkey Kong. 64 for an entire day.
1: (laughs) I thought it was like going to be like a trans themed game. (laughs)
0: Yeah, no, it wasn't. So the reason why they raised funds for that charity was because part of its lottery funding was suspended because of an anti-trans campaign. So that's why it was important to raise funds for it. Well, that was good that they used. Okay, what... Year did the World Health Organization stop classifying transgender as a mental and behavioural disorder?
1: I believe oh. that might have been in the 90s.
0: No. No. This is bad. <laughs> in May 2019, the World Health Organization officially changed the global manual of diagnosis, as in the previous manual, it was considered a gender identity disorder.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think <laughs> they they stopped, yeah, th- there was something about they stopped kind of um, declaring it as a mental illness.
0: Hmm. No wonder there's so many issues with misconceptions and people not understanding. Yeah.
1: yeah I feel yeah, like I think, that's... Um, there is a lot of kind of misinformation about it out
0: there. Yeah. That's awful. I can't believe it was so recent. I would have thought that that would have been in the 90s. There you go. Yeah. Because I, I was
1: going to say, there's been a lot of kind of, um, you know, work done by the community since then. So that's probably why they you know, why it's managed to be changed. Mm. Because people have spoken out about it.
0: Yeah. Oh, I haven't actually seen this yet. Uh, which TV show has the largest cast of transgender actors in TV history?
1: I know the show. Well, there's a couple of shows that it could be. Mm. I'm thinking Sensei or... Uh, what's that other show? Oh, I can't remember.
0: I loved Sense8.
1: Yeah, I like Sense8 or oh, there's another one, but I can't remember it. I'm going to go with Sense8, but it's probably not right.
0: Do you know what it's about?
1: Uh, no. Okay. Seen so, a couple episodes, yeah.
0: Um, so it's actually Pose. So this is on my to-watch list. So Pose is set in the 1980s New York and yeah. it's about the lives of trans people of colour and highlights ballroom culture as well as the HIV crisis. Yeah, I've seen yeah. Um, I've seen the ads for this actually. Mm. Yeah.
1: It's on my two watch list now.
0: <laughs> yes, make a good <laughs> note of it. Next question. America's first transgender statue celebrates and honours which activists from the Stonewall riots?
1: Sorry, I should be better at this.
0: No, it's not. <laughs> this is all about, for our listeners, this is um, all about fun, yeah, Mar- having fun.
1: Marsha P. Johnson.
0: Yep, and Sylvia yeah. Rivera. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So they were fundamental to the uprising at Stonewall in yeah, and, 1969.
1: Yeah, and I think it's important as well, you know, um, especially, I'm not sure if it's um, a lot of the times in the US, it is mm-hmm. black trans women who are mm-hmm. kind of, paving the way towards LGBT rights as well
0: yeah and a lot of this stuff I only know because I've done so much research for the show (laughs) and because I try to get everything right sometimes I don't because I am human but I try to learn learn from my mistakes and everything which is really important we need to remember that that's why it's important to try and educate those so they do say something wrong let them know. <laughs> or if yeah. they get something not quite right, just be like, hmm, and educate them. Okay, so, ooh, who made, oh, who designed the transgender flag?
1: I've seen the video of her. Mm hmm. I don't know what her name is. Uh, I wouldn't be able to tell you her name, but I've, I've watched the video of her explaining how, why she designed it that way. Do you? And she's, she's a trans woman.
0: Do you want to tell me what the, f- the colours mean?
1: So she was saying that the obviously the blue and the pink are for masculinity and femininity mm-hmm. and then the white is for like the kind of non-binary slash like kind of um, that transition period of, of it, I think.
0: Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And the name that you're looking for of the transgender woman is Monica Helms. Yeah. There we go. And you're like, oh, there it is.
1: This is the thing. I I don't remember names very well, but I've seen all all the videos.
0: That's all good. I've got a true or false one. So this one should be, you have 50% chance of getting it right. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So a transgender man pioneered the use of x-ray photography to detect tuberculosis.
1: I'm gonna
0: say yes. It doesn't actually. Ah, oh, there we go. No, he was the first documented transgender man to undergo gender reassignment surgery. Wow. In the U.S. Yeah, I should have read that. All of that <laughs> before, because I'm like, mm, and then I'm like, oh no, I just I didn't read it in my head properly. <laughs> that's all good. That's okay. I
1: think I do, that's it.
0: Yeah, I think you did really well at that quiz.
1: I, I don't think I did too well, but I, I have notes for next time.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I reckon all it's all – yeah, it's all learning. And it's more about the listeners going, hmm, I might make a note of that. And also for me going, hmm, I might research that later. Oh. or Well, that seems like something to look into. So, yeah, I think that was heaps of fun. So – This month is obviously October. And for those that don't know, OCRFM always has their birthday in October because that's when they were first, first started, first founded. So as such, we always have little deals when it's our birthday month. So if you'd like to sponsor us so you can be a support, because it's the month of October and it's our birthday it's our 29th birthday so the station is yes indeed older than I am the membership's only ten dollars during Toba. see what I did there (laughs) I didn't come up with that obviously they always use it (laughs) Uh, if you'd like to join as a concession or full member so that means that you'll actually be able to take part in radio training, opportunity to broadcast on air, discounts at station events, voting rights to committee meetings and showing your support for the station because you love us. It's discounted to $35 for concessions and full members is $45 during OCR tuba. Now If you're a community group or business, you can show your support for the station as a collective. So that means that you'll be able to have members take part in radio training and present on air for the year. So this is discounted to $95. But there are other uh, sponsorship deals that you can check out if you head to www.ocrfm.org.au. And another thing about it being October, is that it's Pink Up Colac for breast cancer. So OCRFM have actually changed their little Facebook photo so it's all nice and pink. So no, Oscar isn't sunburnt, we're just supporting Pink Up Colac. And as a part of Pink Up Colac, Piano Bar next weekend on the 10th of October is doing a Pink Up Colac event which is pretty cool. love it. So that will be streaming online. I'm not sure if you can actually go in, but if you head to Piano Bar Live streaming for Pink Up Colac, you'll be able to find it. So it's on the 10th of October. And another event that's coming up, which is pretty exciting, an event I usually love to go to, but obviously because of circumstances, we can't it's Geelong Pride Film Festival. So, if you head to Geelong Pride Film Festival, you'll be able to get tickets to this year's event. And you're thinking, but how can I go to this year's event? Can we go, like, to cinemas and stuff? Well, the beautiful thing is, you can actually do it online. So, I'm guessing they're sending out links. So what happens is you'll be able to access the actual movies that they're playing. So that's between the 23rd of October to the 3rd of November. And there's some really cool locally produced movies. So that's pretty cool. And they've always got international ones as well. So stuff that you can't usually find on streaming services such as netflix or binge and those sorts of things so yeah if you look them up you'll be able to find them and that's a wrap for this week's on from paddocks to pride on ocrfm it was great to have you along jay thank
1: you for having me
0: that's all good i'll put in the show notes for the podcast the links for the shed which has some information about it on the victorian pride center website I'll also put in some links for the Trans and Gender Diverse Clinic at Ballarat Community Health and a link to Monash Health which has some information about transgender diverse and non-binary inclusive support for young people in regional Victoria. So if you're not in our sort of area from where we're broadcasting in Colac then yeah there'll be some more information. Is there anything else I should add, Jay, do you think?
1: No, I think that's um, good. Even with the shed as well, if there are a lot of people from regional Victoria in there,
0: Mm.
1: um, and even if you write a post in there, then you'd be able to find um, resources and people can always give good recommendations as well.
0: Yeah. And yeah, of course. So there are ways to be able to find further information from those resources which is really quite cool. So thank you again for coming on. It was really nice to have a different voice and learn a little bit more.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: That's all good. So next week I think I will have for you another playlist. So this time I'll do a trans and gender diverse playlist seeing as I've come across some really cool artists that I've found and some really like – trans and gender diverse anthems I would say so I'll see if I can make a playlist because unfortunately I haven't been able to arrange an interview with an intersex organization as of yet because I don't personally know anyone that's intersex that I can interview but I really want to make sure we can get that included because I think it's an important part of the LGBTIQ plus community So I'd really love to get in an interview so that way everyone can have a little bit of a broader understanding. And if anything, I can learn as well. I'd really like to learn a little bit more and try and be as inclusive as I can. So that's the end of this week's From Paddocks to Pride episode. If you'd like to follow us on Facebook, it's From Paddocks to Pride. Um, On Instagram, we're from underscore paddocks underscore to underscore pride. If you'd like to listen live, you can listen live 98.3 FM Colacan District or 88.7 FM along the coast or stream us online at ocrfm.org.au as our live episodes are actually slightly different to our podcast so maybe check it out and see what one you prefer and let us know do you prefer our podcast version or our live radio let us know be really curious you can also contact us via email pride at ocrfm.org.au We also have a YouTube account. We haven't actually added anything to it yet. But once we do, we'll update you and we'll let you know. So once again, thank you for listening to this week's podcast. And so see you later. Or if you're listening to one of our older podcasts, just um, click on one of the newer ones and listen to some of our newer content.